This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media and I'm so excited to welcome back to our channels today a guest who's been on previously. This is Neil Carberry who is the Chief Executive Officer for the Recruitment Employment Confederation and when he was on previously he agreed to come back on when we were we seemed to be heading out of lockdown and he, you've stood by your word Neil. Thank you so much for joining us again today. How are you? Real pleasure to be with you again, Alicia. Well, like 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 to back up what I say, and uh, re- uh, really good, really good actually. Um, um, you know, it's been a tough few months for everybody. Perhaps more psychologically than in yeah. the business. I think the sense across the industry is that the January to March was actually not as bad as maybe we all feared it might be when we went into lockdown. But you know, the winter months, not being able to go out, all of that stuff. But you know the sun the sun's shining outside the window now and demand is up the industry is getting lots of good coverage I think it's uh uh, I think it's a good time to to dip back in I agree with you totally and and I I re-listened to our podcast and we will make sure we share the links to that where we were talking about the, the impact on the industry and you're absolutely right I think that everybody predicted that lockdown three would be absolutely you know catastrophic but actually it's almost a disparity between the psychological effects because I do agree with you. I think it, I think lockdown three was much harder on people because we all felt a lot more isolated because we couldn't go out and about as much uh, as we could do in the summer lockdown. So yeah, I think it's great to put some context around that. And I think uh, you know, ha- having spoken to you offline before we started recording, now I think we're all we're both feeling a very similar sentiment. Um, coming at it from sort of the overview that we both have of the industry. So thank you. And obviously in, in, in other news, you've had, you've had a haircut. So that oh, in yeah, itself absolutely. is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's progressively less of my hair to cut. So <laughs> it, it, it's quite easy to get it, get it done quite quickly. You're looking but, very you know, that, thank you very much. Um, but that point about the recovery, you know, the story, and we're, we're, we don't want to be, I told you so at the REC, but you know, um, <laughs> the story of the first quarter of the year across all of the Western, Western G7 economies is uh, economies outperforming the expectations at the mm-hmm. be- beginning of the year. And that's because we've adapted to doing business online uh, yeah. in lockdown uh, scenarios. So it's certainly the case that across the membership, we saw positive numbers on temp right the way through January, February, March. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bounce we were anticipating in January for Perm has be- became a bounce in March. So it moved, we flatlined for a couple of months and then now it's bounced back. So the general feeling's really positive about yeah. uh, people starting to invest in their businesses. And of course, as clients invest in their businesses, they come to the industry. Of course they do. And of course, you know, the, the vaccine rollout has been a huge success and we applaud the NHS and the government for the fact that I think the UK is leading the way in the globe at the moment in terms of the vaccination. Have you been done? I haven't. It is literally the only thing that's making me feel young, which is I am yeah. I am a grand total of uh, nine months short of being 45. So I uh, I am I'm afraid I'm still a whippersnapper when it comes. You to are. And there you go. So I, I had mine um, a month ago. So I'm because in, in we had a little window in Berry where if you were between 45 and 50, you could get in. And I did. So I'm half done. As we record this, I'm half done. And I just think it's absolutely wonderful. But all the vulnerable people have been done, which is the most important thing. So, and I think it, it does tie in. I think that the fact is that COVID was an economic and a health crisis. And, you know, recruitment and the fact that we are job creation and we support employment across the industry. You know, that's one of the key reasons that, you know, you're just such a valuable um, guest for, for us to have on as a, as a, you know, we're thought leadership for the recruitment industry, aren't we? So I think that, the, you know, going forward now, I think the important thing is to 
talk about the recovery but let's just talk about sort of normalizing the role of the industry so mm. I think it's, you know, and I want to put some context. We talked off off, off camera about, you know, possibly preceding our recruitment careers, um, that, that there was some sort of legislation or there were definitely rules to entry sort of pre-1980s uh, recruitment, which, you know, you and I didn't work through that. But I think, you know, this sort of concept of this barrier to entry and where the recruitment industry sits, where, you know, you can't become a lawyer, you can't become a doctor without having the right to become one. So what, what are your views generally? And then what is the REC doing to ensure that there are suitable barriers as a recruitment business um, to be allowed to trade, basically? That's a really interesting question. And it, it, it's a, a critical thing, actually. You know, one of the things we're doing at the moment as the industry ramps up is we're running our essentials of recruitment law again. Um, because I do think that being really clear on the fact that it is a highly regulated industry, we have our own act. Uh, and now, if I call it the 1973 act, it will probably turn out to be the 1974 act. I can never remember which year it is, but it, uh, plus the conduct regs that everyone will know from the early 2000s. So there is a lot of regulation. You get into certain sectors and you've got licensing through the gang masters uh, licensing and, uh, and uh, labor abuse authority. So there's a, there is a really complex compliance web in the industry already what there is but it's all associated with the corporate it's not associated with the individual mm. and um this debate about do, should we should we license um has been around for a while uh, on balance i think we are better off not licensing okay. companies operations but i do think that the payoff of that is we have to make sure that we're investing in individual recruiters and their understanding of their responsibilities yes of course it's interesting you you ask me this right now um you uh, you might be aware alicia the rec has a compliance test that all members have to take mm -hmm. uh, the deadline for that for rec members listening is june the 30th um, so you have to get the test done by then or I'm coming around your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the uh, but that piece around how how can we demonstrate as an industry our compliance with good practice, whether it's on holiday pay, whether it's on um, how we uh, issues like inclusion, diversity, yeah. whether it's on uh, the, the correct structuring of contracts. You know, our team has spent a lot of time over the last mm. couple of months getting all the contracts people need for the IR35 changes this month uh, up on the REC website to make sure people keep themselves safe. I think the thing people coming into the industry fresh might not realise is how much work there already is, how right. big the barriers already are to doing it well. Mm. Um, and I think we need to encourage people to take that seriously. Now, personally, yeah. I don't think licensing is the the right way to do that. That's certainly not the, the opinion that the REC has taken for for many years but i think if we don't get it right government will look at licensing mm. i think this whole piece of uh, piece on uh, getting our compliance right is super important from that point of view yes. it's actually also important from a client point of view as well because i think the industry is moving away from just get it done and get it done quickly into a much more advisory uh, much more uh, professional services mindset. You're seeing some really great initiatives coming up in uh, uh, staff shortage sectors where uh, firms are, are using an employee train deploy model. 
for uh, staff in IT or in engineering, yep. uh, for, for uh, contractors and temps, that kind of thing is going to become more and more normal. So you are going to get recruitment industry leaders who are absolutely in that space we've discussed before, Alicia, mm-hmm. of being advisors to clients in the way yep. that solicitors or accountants yep. are. And if we want that to be the case, we have to be training our people. We mm. have to be really hot on the compliance, yep. and we have to uh, and we have to be able to articulate uh, why we do things the right way. Otherwise, yep. I think we will end up with some kind mm. of licensing regime. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you, and I think it's you know for me to normalise the role and you know see myself as a professional services provider. Um, is that a mindset thing or is that just because I, I am fully compliant and you know I think it's about engaging that but if we think about you know the the big issue I guess the big we talked again about this off off camera is attracting talent into the market because yeah. ultimately you know it's the same for any home recruiter it doesn't matter what your sector is your talent short how do we attract and retain the best recruitment talent and ensure that those people are complying with what best practice looks like and that's why you know the REC for me is an essential you know benchmark for external people to understand that that we are complying with the regulations that there are, that there are in place and i think it's really important and you, you bring a really important point up there you know we look at automation we look at how you know these recruitment advisors and the best practice people out there are incorporating all of that so what are you seeing in terms of using technology because it's there it's and then that is for me that's what's transformed our sector in the most phenomenal way we're doing this now on zoom you know it's become part and parcel but also in terms of you know candidate attraction crm systems you know ats you know what do you see as that balance that fine balance between automation and that human influence which ultimately you know to strip everything else down that's what we're here to do we interrupt this podcast episode of the recruiters recruitment podcast to tell you about our amazing sponsor Hoxo Media are the world's leading content recruitment marketing agency, specifically for the recruitment industry. And they currently work with over 250 recruitment agencies, including Key Recruitment, and 3,000 recruitment consultants to help them build out LinkedIn brands that then allow them to open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology every single day. Now, in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy, of which I was part of, is changing. And they've now launched an eight-week personal brand launch program, which can now help you roll out this methodology across your business. The Hoxham Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters, of which I am one, who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates equally. Now, very often traditional recruiters actually lack the knowledge of how to best use LinkedIn, other than maybe posting jobs, you know, every few days, but then struggling with ideas and original content and also just confidence in terms of what to produce and how to produce valuable content. Now, we're living in a post-COVID world and we all know now that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to be equipped and have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Hoxo Academy helps every recruiter in the recruitment agency that becomes part of the academy and helps every recruiter achieve this in just eight weeks, enrolling new cohorts of training at the start of each calendar month. So this is an exclusive deal for you, our listener. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is so proud to be sponsored by Hoxo Academy 
that the deal is amazing for the first 50 customers in 2021 they are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users on this program for 12 months at no extra cost so whether you're listening to this and you've got a team of 15 or a team of 500 and you're looking to hire more during 2021 you can rest assured that they will all get this training that they then need to build out their brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click on the link attached to this episode or alternatively DM me to find out how your agency can join this incredible programme. And having been a cohort member myself and a graduate of the Academy at the end of 2020, I'm really proud to advocate this phenomenal and really, I think, business critical academy for every recruiter who wants to get the best out of LinkedIn and ensure that they also become inbound. Thank you for listening to this message. Enjoy the rest of the episode and do get in touch for more details. You know, we were um, talking before about a recent Moneybox Live I did uh, talking about automation and and recruitment. And um, there's a there's a real sense that automation is inevitable in the industry and it is you know mm-hmm. the, the process automation is good for efficiency it's good for uh for clients and for candidates it means candidates get answers quicker it means clients get solutions quicker um but process speed isn't you know we're, we're not selling paper clips uh process speed isn't everything it's more about advisory and bringing on people into jobs in a in a tight labor market and i keep telling people that not to be fooled by rising unemployment at the moment we've had the biggest recession in 200 years and unemployment will peak lower than it did after the great financial crisis if you take into account the changing inflow to the country post brexit in terms of people coming in there's some debate out there about whether people have gone home in big numbers there's clearly some but i don't think it's as big as maybe it's being made out but also you know, 50% more people were born in 1965 than were born in 1977. Right. The, the baby boomers retiring is a really big and fundamental change in our labour market. Yeah. So I, I think any hiring, any business, uh, whether recruiter or client business, needs to be thinking about the labour market generally shrinking as mm-hmm. it changes shape. That means that talent attraction and landing people is going to be ever more important. That brings your recruitment marketing up, uh, up, but it also means that it's still a people business first and yeah, foremost. Of course it is. So, so the way I'd frame it is technology, the technology is coming mm. and we have to harness it and it has lots of benefits. But fundamentally, we as an industry add value by the humanity side mm-hmm. of what we do. Um, and you know, we've just published our recruitment and recovery uh campaign report the campaign runs through the point it points out just what an impact good recruitment has on the british economy we're talking mm-hmm. about 80 billion of uh of of, of, uh, of uh, gross value added we're talking about you know billions of pounds of potential productivity gain to the uk if we get recruitment right all of that pushed out very much to the client side but also that's about coming back to your first question us doing things the right way yeah the the best example of this i think is in ai and recruitment now there's lots of people who talk about doing ai and recruitment now and most ai that 
that, that you see is actually advanced automation at the moment. Mm. Uh, but AI is coming in a really significant way. That could be great. It could mm. improve process efficiency magnificently. It could improve job matching. It could uh, get people into work quicker. It could meet client needs quicker. Yes. Equally, it could bake in some biases that are fundamentally unfair and that pull the rug from the whole thing. And we end up with legislation from government restricting the use of AI in, in recruitment processes. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what the RSC is for, actually, is kind of in that world, we need to stand up for the industry. We've been doing some work with a government body called the Centre for Data Ethics and Innovation right. on, exa on exactly this. Wow. Um, so it comes right back to your first question, which is we've got to own the solutions and the solutions being human led and fair. Um, as well as process efficient yeah otherwise other people will do it for us and oh, that's, that's, re that, that's that's really the kind of the call to action of kind of getting involved with the rec and helping us work our way through this mm. you know we've been through the last year and by and large the industry has done itself a power of good you know keeping yes. those uh, supply chains and food going getting people into the nhs you know we had nhs england come into the mm. Uh, the REC healthcare group and, and tell the REC healthcare group that they couldn't have done it without them. Don't think we'd have mm -hmm. been there in the past. We now need to build on that. I think yeah, it's a real opportunity for us all as an industry to walk tall. Yeah, no, and that's really what, what our campaign's about. Yeah, no, it's, that's incredible. And that was very nicely linked, actually, because that was going to be my next question to you. So I think I think you're absolutely right. And, the, you know, what's interesting is that it's the sort of movement around ethics, you know, there's an awful lot of talk around diversity and inclusion. And, you know, the only way that we can ensure that as an industry, we are leading the way with our with the end user clients. So on encouraging people to not just have it as a badge of honor, but actually to truly be inclusive, to ensure that you're attracting those hidden talent pools. And the reality is as well, and, and we, we haven't sort of planned to speak about this, but we think about the education system. Every single, you know, you, the baby boomers are retiring. There's an absolute shortage of skills across a multitude of industries, particularly technology. What are we doing as recruiters to educate and to make sure it's, it cascades down to the youth coming through? Um, and I think it's that it, 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 we could talk about this forever, couldn't we? It's absolutely vital. It's, it's so hugely important. And that next generation point is, um, is incredibly uh, vital mm -hmm. because uh, while I am generally uh generally pretty positive about where the labor market is you heard me you heard me already today talk about you know unemployment peaking much lower than we might have expected um returning to a tight labor market quite quickly there is a there there's a, an enormous underlying uh problem which mm -hmm. is one group in particular have been hideously badly affected mm -hmm. um by the last year and that's young people yeah so um 57 percent of the fall in employment over the last year is delivered by those aged between 16 and 24 yeah it's so it's been tough for all of us mm. in all sorts of ways mm. but the lower employment that we're seeing is coming out of that age group now partially yeah. that's because the this recession uniquely hits the sectors in which young people work yeah hospitality okay. retail, retail mm. leisure yeah um and and some of that might be eaten up by kind of getting those sectors open again of course but it's also about the fact that we've now had two levers years mm. where demand uh, for people who are earlier career 
is is lower and you know yeah. we know in in recruitment and you'll know from your business Leisha uh, that there's been a real um scrabble for uh, from uh, firms to find consultants to bring on board to meet this demand that we're now seeing yes. particularly experienced consultants absolutely people feel less confident about starting people who are new to the industry at the moment at least partially of course because uh, they want to have a team around them to support them when they Abs- come in absolutely yeah that's why one of the you know probably the thing that's taken most of my time over the last couple of weeks is talking about office reopening with government yeah and and someone someone blabbed about it to the ft um there's an there's an ft article from last week about one of the meetings um that 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 we had uh with government but that piece around reopening offices being really important to people's mental health absolutely really important to early career workers even those you're already employing who might be Mm -hmm. sitting working on their bed in a house share yeah um, definitely we talk about how we normalize normalizing getting people back into workplaces even if it's a hybrid is going to be really important yeah no i agree with you totally i mean that's probably the most singularly the, the biggest talk topic to, for me from both my client my hiring clients and also potential candidates coming on the market it's this what does it look like as we exit out of the lockdown and i think that the hybrid model is it, it's got to be adopted by people because ultimately whether you are you know i'm 20 odd years in or whether you're two years in we are sociable people and we all learn through osmosis and we're more productive when we're around each other it's as simple as that you're more likely to share information on a candidate or a client with your colleague than you are if you were to pick up the phone and do it so i do, I, I think it, it will transform the opportunities for um the entry-level people and interestingly and we are the barometer as a rec to rec we are seeing now the shift back to clients having that conversation with us by the way as well as looking at experienced people if you have anybody that's looking to get into the recruitment you know they'd have to be exceptional all these things that's fine we're having those it's conversations again it is it's really encouraging the first time we had that conversation it was only a few weeks ago we were just like really did we really just have that come and we were sh- we shouted about it on linkedin because it's a good sign yeah. um, i mean i'm you know we're both parents i'm a parent my, my daughter's about to leave school which um hopefully with, with a handful of gcse's which is a miracle um and i and i can already see you know she's talking about getting herself a part-time job i did it back in the 80s and 90s i had a part-time job and i've, I've just said at the moment, you're going to be way behind all the adults that need to get themselves back into work. And, and the reality is that that's the, the group of people that we all collaboratively need to be thinking about, regardless Absolutely. of your receptor, regardless of your, it's about that next generation. So I think it's, um, and, and, and let's face it, they'll be the adopters of automation. They will be the ones that will have the balance without even thinking about it because they've grown up around it. Well, they're, they, they are the digital natives, aren't they? You know, they, we you and I are both in that generation that that have a digital adulthood and an analog childhood. Yeah. Um, and, and I, like you, uh, uh, did sort of uh, shifting stuff around in the co-op in uh, the co-op for two pounds sixteen an hour as a uh, as a Saturday job. And of course, a lot of that has has gone by the by. Mm. Um, the same is true. You know, talking about the baby boomers retiring, mm. one of the things that the baby boomers had. Because you can say what you like about British Rail, British Leyland, British Steel and the British Coal Board. Um, and in many ways, they were basket cases. Um, <laughs> but they were excellent training schools. So you had a lot of people going through those businesses and getting some really excellent training. And that has sustained lots of the economy for a long time mm. since. And we haven't quite replaced that. It's why actually 
reforming the apprenticeship levy and and getting the the support for training right is such a big REC priority Mm. yeah Um, because if we can get that going and start to get some of that levy funding flowing to people earlier career yeah perhaps in shorter courses that just help boost them into into jobs I think that will start to start to change the picture yeah no I totally agree with you well I mean I'm a huge huge advocate of that my my youngest is only 14 but she is definitely going to be going into recruitment um, apprenticeship at 16 I'll I'll push her through GCSEs so I'm a huge believer in that and you know just on behalf of the whole industry you know a huge thank you to everything that the REC does because you are quite literally, you know, world-class in, in the way that you um, advise government to make sure it's policies, but you also ensure it, it's the reality for the, you know, multi-billion pound sector that we're both such proud supporters of and champions of. And thank you so much for taking time because I know you're exceptionally busy. We'll make sure uh, all the links to the REC are shared as always on our podcast and YouTube channel. And uh, wishing you all the best, Neil, and it's really nice to see you again. Look, Alicia, it's a, pro- it's a pleasure to be able to join you. Um, all of the credit for the REC's work goes to our great team who've done an amazing day. I'm going to say this up front. They're having a day off on April the 30th. We've decided they're have, all having an additional day off right? Um, because, because they've been Trojans for a year. So we're putting in place the processes to make sure that doesn't disturb uh, <laughs> members' advice or anything like that. But we decided that rather, rather than giving everyone an extra day's leave, because we're an email, an internal email generation machine, if everybody's off, yeah. no one's inbox inter- yeah. is internally getting any bigger so we're yeah. doing doing that on april 13 they absolutely mm-hmm. deserve it because all that work uh is uh driven driven by them but at the end of the day it's members organization yeah. so you know the people who drive it are uh recruitment businesses across the uh, across the country and mm-hmm. i i think i've said to you before the phone never rings enough um it it could ring all day and it wouldn't ring enough uh with people asking what the rec can do to help we are here to be recruiters organization yeah that's wonderful and yeah um that's my sentiment and given our our audience our recruitment leaders and aspiring leaders you know i I applaud all of you we're all doing our best but we're all changing people's lives and that's what it's all about so thank you so much neil really appreciate it we look forward to seeing you again take care see you soon